a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how men and women approach investing their money differently. Joining me today is Nicole Overcamp. She is a personal finance and business coach and also the CEO of Wilcox Financial Group. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you, Heather. Men and women, you would think money is money. If I want to invest in the stock market, I'm going to invest just like everybody else, whether they're male or female. So you're saying there's a difference, though. Well, there's a difference in how money's approached and how money's thought about. So you're so right, Heather. Money is money. If, if you are an aggressive investor, it's going to be the same for a man as it is for women as it should be. However, what I have found that the method to get there is very different for men than it is for women and planning for women is also often different. So when you're looking at a man, most often they have less apprehension. They're more willing to take risk. They're okay investing. They're okay to ask the questions without reserve, right? Um, more likely to get started where women tend to be more apprehensive. They're less sure of themselves. They want to ask more questions, but they're more planning focused in general. And there also may be a resistance to start because of intimidation or not knowing what questions to ask. And they're afraid to ask them or they don't feel comfortable or knowing where to start. And so a lot of that provides an additional barrier to entry for some women than than sometimes it does for men. Yeah, I have noticed this if I do speak to some financial advisors and sometimes I'm just seeking knowledge. Mm-hmm. I just want to know some stuff and maybe it's the way I phrase the question or the way a man interprets my question, but they in many cases they just go, "Oh, well what you want to do is blah 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 blah." And they just tell me what to do and I'm like, "I don't want to know what to do. I'm just looking for what is it about." Mm-hmm. So a lot of times men appear to be fixers. If you have a question, they think, oh, I got to fix this for you because you don't know what it is. So I'm just going to fix it. I can fix it myself, but I need to have the tools to do that. And I'm asking you to teach me the tools. Yep. Yep. Very, very different. And you're so right. You know, that's a big reason why, you know, the whole premise behind our firm is is also education first, right? Education, explanation, and, and really informing because, to your point, a lot of men in general and, and male advisors that I have worked with in the past, it wasn't about the education. It was about the, let me just tell you what to do and let me tell you how much I know. 
right? Okay. Um, the, the excitement around, you know, let me show you how smart I am and explain all this confusing stuff that you're not going to understand, but I hope you buy it anyways. And, and so that's, and unfortunately, a lot of what the industry is about and slinging this industry jargon and how confusing can we make it basically in, in so many ways. And so you're, you're correct. It's, it's really important to get the information and education, but women, to your point, want more of that um, and, and that deep understanding so that when they're making decisions, they're confident about them. Right. Uh, which is good. You know, essentially, whenever you're dealing with money, you don't want to fly blind. It's good to understand it. But what I have found is that sometimes women, when they ask a question and they get an answer that they don't understand, they're afraid to speak up and ask again or ask to have it explained in another way because they feel like they're the problem versus the professional. And I'll be the first to say if, if a professional can't break down their topic of expertise in a way that's simple, they don't know their topic. It's their problem, not your problem. And so keep asking until it's explained or find someone else. Yeah, I was just going to say that is if you cannot get an explanation that helps you and you have tried, mm -hmm. please. So first of all, to your point, please try, keep asking the questions. But after three or four tries, with the same question, even if you rephrase it a little bit, if they still can't explain it to you, it's time to move on. Like this just isn't a good fit. And don't feel bad about that. I think that's another thing. Our society teaches women to be the moderators. You know, you want to please everybody. Whereas men, it's okay for them to be aggressive. It's thought of as a good attribute in men if they're aggressive, but not in women. So I think a lot of women, that intimidation factor not only goes to not learning, you try to ask and then you just feel intimidated. And not only do you not learn, but then you don't leave that person. You don't find somebody else because you're just intimidated to even leave them. Yeah, that can definitely happen. I did read an article, which I think goes to this, why men and women may think of money differently is women still are making less money than their male counterparts in the same jobs. In this article addressed, women are much more stressed about their money than men are because a man might make $43,000 a year and a woman is making $10,000 a year less in the same job. They just have a lot less to work with and they don't have as much money that they can save. So trying to understand where their money is going is just an added stressor because you don't, you're trying to make less money stretch further, especially now that we have inflation. So a couple of things to that is, uh, one, I always ask, and especially our clients, how are you helping yourself? So if you feel you're one of those women who are making less than your colleague, speak up. The, the main reason actually why women do not make as much as their colleagues isn't because the company, uh, the company is, um, directly discriminating, but more so women are less likely than men to speak up. Men ask for a raise. Men promote themselves. They talk about their achievements. They talk about what they've accomplished. They tell their, um, boss that they want to be partner one day where women are more likely to keep their head down, work really hard and just hope somebody will notice. And the reality is no one is going to be a better advocate for you than you. 
If you want someone to notice, you need to speak up. If you want to make more, you need to ask for it. If you're worth more, ask for it. And so if there is a position that you find yourself in, and these are getting, uh, these margins are getting smaller, um, speak up and also understand if you are worth more and you know you're worth more to find your inner confidence. And if it doesn't exist yet, borrow it, you know, pretend to seek a position of which can compensate you better. This is an extremely remarkable period of time as well, where we have a huge shortage of labor, of qualified labor. So if you work hard and show up, you can probably find yourself in a better position if you just seek it. And so that is the first thing that I will say is that if you think that you are one of those people who is earning less, I'd encourage you to speak up and get paid what you want. Um, it's a huge part, actually, of what we coach our clients on. And, and the majority of our clients do end up not only making more, but most of our clients, one, are women, and two are the breadwinners in the family. So... Um, you know, I, I'm just saying that for a little uh, motivation, hopefully, but then also a wake up call to the we can keep talking about these statistics. But if we don't want to read them anymore, we need to be our own advocate in helping that change. I just went through yearly review at work and I realized in the middle of it, I had kind of done what you said. I was keeping yeah. my head down, doing my work. Because our reviews, they make the employee put down all of our accomplishments, which I think is a great thing. But I am still in that, don't you know how good I am? Like, <laughs> just by they watching. No. I, I feel uncomfortable writing about what I have done. Yeah, I, I do think it's a big mistake to assume that people know what you're doing and how you do it and how hard you work. Um, or what you've accomplished. Because if you think about it, most of the time people are busy and they're laser focused on their own position. And so sometimes people will notice, sometimes there will be your instance where you have that cheerleader in your corner, but to assume it is a mistake. And so, you know, I think it would be good for, for everyone to recognize or even be mindful of when you have a win, when you accomplish something, when you hit a record for your company or you find yourself doing more work than the other person or whatever the case may be, to take a note and not just like a mental note, but write it down. Keep it in maybe a little folder on your desktop or if you have a journal or whatever the case may be. So when the opportunity strikes to promote yourself or if you do have a review like that with your employer, you have this repertoire of things to go back to and reference because we do forget what we do. Um, we forget how much we've accomplished and we don't give ourselves enough credit in terms of how smart we are. And so that is, is really good in terms of, of, you know, if you do work for uh, an employer to keep that in mind, because um, to, to remember all of the things that you accomplish just by hoping that you will is a little bit of a gamble. So um, that would be a really good, like best practice uh, <laughs> to keep in mind. All right. Well, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll go into some more ways that men and women approach money and what are some ways we can overcome that if we are women and maybe ways men can help women as well gain their uh, confidence, especially in investing money. So we'll be right back with Nicole Overcamp. She's a personal finance and business coach. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that that affects your life in any way, money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about how your approach to money or investing can be different, especially if you're a woman than a man, and how do you overcome any deficits you may have. Joining me today is Nicole Overcamp. She is the CEO of Wilcox Financial Group. Nicole, before we get into the next question, you sort of brushed on it a little bit in the first segment that your company, Wilcox Financial Group, wants to empower women. So how exactly do you do that? What is you know, What are the different formats that Wilcox Financial Group has to empower me? Sure. Our company and, and actually who we're talking to and mostly who we work with is women and couples. And, and I did create a second company, Power Her House Money Coaching, specifically for women. And with both of those companies, when we're working with our clients, the empowerment piece comes from giving you the education and tools that you need to take action. So we're going to help with the finance piece and, and everything, but there's so much more than just hard facts and numbers when it comes to money often, and especially when it comes to money with women. And so a lot of our conversations are also um, like around what is it that you want? What do you want to achieve and what do you want to see happen? And what's holding you back and helping bridge that gap so that if you have any barriers holding you back or that are creating resistance, we're going to help break them down and coach around them so that you can overcome that to get more of what you want. And then we're, we're helping reverse engineer the financial piece, which truly is where powerhouse money coaching came in is is we found over the years heather that there was this gap between what some women needed in financial planning and financial planning is is really great it's it's um good to help you truly understand how to get what you want in every detail in between right like how do i retire and not run out of money but the problem is is not everybody's ready for all of that sometimes it's overkill or too much too soon and often we need to start with the basics we need to start with the the education the money 101 the mindset the habits the behaviors like actually thinking about how do you think about money and are you disciplined enough to do a financial plan, right? Yeah. A lot of the time we were finding, like we had these women who were making great money, but they didn't know where it was going. 
or they have these self-sabotaging behaviors or, or whatever the case may be, because we grow up and think and feel one way about money. And so that's been with us forever. And so, and, and sometimes it's confidence. Like, I don't feel like I'm worth more. I'm not sure if I'm worthy of this. Can I do that? You know? And so we created this whole coaching program to get women ready for financial planning and really boosting them up and giving them all the tools that they need to get there. So from creating consistency and habits and positivity around money to work on their money mindset and breaking down some of those barriers to making more money, how to make more money, what does that look like, all of those things to fill the confidence gap and then understand where their money is going, putting your money where your goals are. Um, for some women, it's just increasing their credit score and like paying down debt and, and all of those little things. So it's, it's this whole coaching program to really make sure you are now ready for that next step so that you're not just throwing your money away and not seeing results. We're very result driven. And, and for us, like if someone is working with us or making that investment, we want to not only make a massive impact, but deliver the results that you signed up for. So that's a big part why we did that and, and how we feel that we are empowering women as much as we can, as well as a lot of the education that we do outside in addition to that through our community. I love that. I think that's wonderful because you do have to be ready. And mm -hmm. it's not just the, the money or the finance part. You, you have to be ready for certain steps in your life and to be good at it, like marriage. You have to be actually ready for marriage. Do you know what that entails to have a good marriage, I should say? <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what it means to merge your life with somebody else's and what if they leave the toothpaste lid off and you don't and you know how do you deal with those fights so it's the same type of a thing you need to be ready to understand what your money can do for you and how you approach it exactly how long of a process can this be i mean are we talking two weeks two months two years it depends on the client. So if you are in, in most of the people that we talk to are goal driven, action oriented. So they implement what we talk about, you know, for anybody to work with us, you have to be coachable and ready to take action. And so if that's the case, you dictate that timeline and, and it shouldn't take two years. None of this should ever take two years, um, you know, to really put yourself in a better position. And so it, it can be as quick as you start working toward it. And putting those steps in place. I would say a fair timeline to see massive transformation for everybody that we work with on the coaching end, which this is really more specifically what you're speaking to, Heather, is six months. And how much do you charge? So we have a range for fees depending on who we're working with, what they need, and if they're a business owner or not. But our base fee starts at $325 a month to work with someone. In everybody that we have worked with, and we're careful about this selection process, we really want to make sure you're committed and, and a good fit for us, like we are for you. But that said, what we charge always pays for itself in terms of what you're doing, what you're taking action on, and how you're changing your financial circumstance. So, you know, and I'm very confident in that. We've worked with a lot of different people, and it's really amazing to see to see that. But I think what the reality is, is when you're committed to investing in yourself, you unleash this catalyst that um, allows for so much power that you didn't know you were capable of having. And we've also created a lot of online courses, Heather, as well. So for anyone who isn't ready yet to invest with us and work one-on-one, -on -one, 
I have online courses that start anywhere from $17 to a few hundred dollars. So there's a ton of stuff in our, our powerhouse website that are really amazing courses. They're interactive. They give a ton of value. They have worksheets and really teach you uh, what you need to know from how to get out of debt, paying uh and paying off that in, in the most efficient way, coming up with a spending plan. We don't like to use the word budget, um, investing 101. So there's really so much in there that we also created for those individuals who are either a do-it-yourselfer or they're just not there yet to do the one-on-one coaching. So we have those courses so that you can get exactly what you need from that. And we've got plenty of people who go through the courses, they graduate from that and then start working with us one-on-one. Well, you mentioned in there, because I was thinking this was completely individual or couples, and that's important. If you have a couple, it's really important to be on kind of the same page with your finances and how you feel about it. But you said businesses. What exactly is it you do for businesses? Well, a couple of things. So sometimes we have clients who do money coaching, but they own a business. If they own a business, we're going to charge more because there's going to be more work, right? (laughs) Um, And then your business, especially for a lot of solo entrepreneurs or small business owners, your business money mindset, your business finances are directly related and married to your personal finances. There is no way to separate them completely because one fuels the other. So when we're working with someone who is an entrepreneur, we are absolutely working on both of those things simultaneously so that we're not missing anything. You know, it's so important, just like your partner or your spouse, and you have to be on the same page and do things together. Same deal with your business, because if you're not, something's being missed. And and we're huge on, like, again, I'll say it, is impact. And I've been doing this for so long that I know what works, and I know what gets missed, and what can have really bad repercussions if you don't bring it up. Let's say I've gone through the course, you've it helped me, you've empowered me, I feel better about asking for a raise, just speaking up for myself. Now I've learned quite a bit about some of the finance world. Then do you graduate, and then somebody is financial advisor and can help me with retirement funding, Mm -hmm. things like that? Exactly. So depending on where you're at, sometimes people go through money coaching. They're like, okay, this is great. This is the launch pad that I needed. See you later. And then others do graduate into financial planning and they're really ready to dig into that or they're ready to open up an investment account or um, whatever else that it is that they need on that side of things. So it truly just depends on on your personal finance journey and what makes the most amount of sense for you. So we really do have a lot of trusted resources that that we do partner with and collaborate with. And then again, if there's an area of our practice that we're not experts in, I refer that to to one of our partners as well. You know, I, I truly believe that you cannot be good at everything. So uh, we have such a good pool of, of partners that we, we do work with. Is there anything else you want our listeners to understand or know about or anything just to get somebody started on empowering themselves? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is to literally just start. And if you were to put on a piece of paper your three priorities and just start with one of those, 
that would be huge, right? Because the biggest thing that that we do when it comes to money is we say, I'll do it later, tomorrow or next year. And then that time goes by and we're in the exact same spot and we've done nothing. So if you can make a promise to yourself to commit to taking action to one thing, write it down and then see what it is you need to do to make that happen, that would be a huge win for everybody listening. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicole Overcamp. You are the CEO of Wilcox Financial Group, but you're also a personal finance and business coach. And you've just helped us understand a little bit more as a woman, especially, we need to take some control over our own finances, whether it's starting to understand how we feel about money or if we're already there, all right, I'm ready to walk into the boss and go, oh, you owe me a lot more money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe not quite like that, but I would love to see it happen. <laughs> Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.